Hello again, this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan, and we got Tom D. Domenico here from the Domenico team. Hey, Noah. Hey, John. Great to see you guys. Thanks, Thanks for Tom. joining us, Tom. My pleasure. We are the uh, Compass Midtown office. Yeah. It's early January 2020. Just started. It, it can't get any better. It can't well, get any more fresh. That's right. This is fresh out of the bakery right this here. This is it. Happy New Year to everybody, by the way. Happy New Year. But listen, Tom, thank you for taking your time Thanks, out of your busy Noah. day. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Um, you're 25 years plus in the business. Yep. Right? You were at Corcoran for a while? I was at Corcoran for a good majority of that time. Okay, yeah. now you're at Compass. Yep. Okay. Excited to be here. Your business is thriving. Business is good. Yeah. You know, I'm starting to see that the floor seems to have hit, yeah. and uh, we might see a, a slight, uh, I seem very optimistic for 2020. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, as long as there's a certain level of uh, real reality in terms of the check on pricing, I right. think opportunities there for buyers and sellers that are real, I think yeah. this is a time that they can actually look at things and know that those numbers um, are where we've been unsure in markets, mm-hmm. we are very much defined now on where we should be. Well, well that's, that's it's a great yeah. way to start right into the New Year. Well, that's that's really interesting because I mean we we've, we've seen sort of a a prolonged down cycle over the last several years, yes. but it's still been a very transactional down cycle, which means that if the price is right, properties are moving. Things are moving, John, and you know this is the thing: they always move if you get people in the right price position. Numbers are no secret in this business. So at the end of the day, mostly more than anything, um, anybody who is, you've got to be more than a transactional agent. Mm -hmm. You've got to be performing on all kinds of different platforms today. The biggest thing is today is to give that the value add as an agent where you can explain to your seller and bridge that disconnection with where the buyer is and where the seller is um, that you know, we're doing transactions yeah. where people are looking at numbers realistically. Do you feel like more people now are trying to participate in the transaction? Because it used to be when I say transactionally, if it got to the point, someone would recognize the value and they put in a bid and a deal would get done. But it seems like now, and I, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, we're starting to see some quote unquote green shoots in the market and it yeah. seems like there's a bit more of a herd mentality. We're seeing less inventory, we're seeing more pending sales. Yes. And it seems like the market's picking up. And I, the question yeah. is, are we starting a new trend or is this just seasonal activity? I, I, I tend to think here that, um, look, we've, we've, we're certainly past the, the highs of 2015 mm-hmm. and all of that market um, heavy activity. Everyone has now well understood by the media catching up and everything else that the market has shifted. It's mm-hmm. still New York, it's a global city, it's got huge appeal on the ground in many respects. But look, everything is a correction, right? Mm-hmm. We're tied to Wall Street, we sh- then none of this makes sense as a local environment. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's been a challenging time. But challenging times create opportunity. And I think people are realizing you need to move on with what it is that you want to do. Right. Life continues. And you look at the numbers and you, 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 if you're advised properly, mm-hmm. yes, transactions are happening. I've had a busy quarter and busier than before. And that had to do with being able to sit down and really have a, an in-depth conversation with a value add there talking about what is happening in this market and why this is not the wrong time to transact, but actually a time to transact. It, it sounds like, so it sounds like you, you think that a lot of this negative news or policy changes or whatever the forces were that were causing this correction over this, this progressively long five-year um, correction is priced in, is priced into the market at this point. That the, that the, and I guess it's always priced in, right? If the bids are pricing in, um, you know, the, the, the forces going on right now. But it sounds to me like like Q4 was stronger than Q3? Is that what you're saying for you in terms of activity? Well, you know what I think happened, Noah? I think what happened was everyone came to the reality of the international market was gone. 
I mean, if you looked at mm -hmm. Russia and and the Chinese markets, they literally fell off. Yeah. I mean, they were just, they disappeared yeah. right off the cliff. Capital so controls the, in China. That so, so that was exactly. So, and then you look at it, you know, whatever the political yeah. arenas were or whatever that mindset change was, you look at the euro and the dollar, there wasn't that windfall coming in and buying. And, you know, yeah. so there's a lot of, there's a lot, we're a global city. So, um, so, and we're a player in that field and that's what keeps it amazingly dynamic. But the right. issue becomes this. At the end of the day, what you look at is we're over-inventoried. There's no question. That creates a problem. We've also been in a situation in where people don't feel the urgency to buy because yeah. interest rates aren't shifting anytime soon. Yeah. So everyone's kind of watch and, you know, kind of wait, wait and watch mentality. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think there's a point where people just by human nature go, I've watched enough on the sidelines. Let's jump in. Okay. Right. I mean, we talk about that often. There's just no urgency out there. You right. know? No, there is not. Right. Well, is so you mentioned earlier opportunity. So I'm question, I'm the, the question I have for you is now, where do you see the most opportunity in this market? Is it the new development sector? Is it townhouses? Is it resale? People today are looking to buy things for the space that they need, mm -hmm. not the luxury of all these other things as the, as the, as the, as the, as the average consumer. So they're not buying the classic six anymore when they only need a two bedroom with, uh, you know, an open living space for their family. That's a great room. So um, maybe we have less appeal in the in the market of some of the more elaborate properties. Right. That more very luxury end has had the most difficulty. Um, so their challenges are different than somebody in the two bedroom segment. Okay. And then if you look at new development, look, there's so much to choose from right now, right? I mean, yeah. and the developers don't want to give away the product and for their own reputation's sake and for those who bought in early in order to protect them, they're doing deals, but they're doing them in a different way than um, a price point. Right. So some of the givey backs, which are pretty deep, yeah. um, actually are um, very enticing for, for a buyer today. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little yeah. bit. I'm looking at a median listing discount chart here, um, Tom, and I'm looking 5.7%. So you take the whole market, you take all those sales, you put them in a bucket and you look at, you know, where from original ask down to where these sales prices are, how much do sellers have to go down? And that's just under 6%. Now I want to touch into what you're, you're seeing in your deals. Um, buy side, sell side. Is there any color you could tell me in terms of how much sellers are coming down to make these deals happen? I'll tell you this, Noah, and, and John, you know, you both are very savvy in, in, in the stats world of uh, real estate, especially here in New York, You're, you go deep. Um, look, we're experiencing all kinds of sharp decreases. Um, if you're looking at the highs of 2015, mm -hmm. you're looking at 15% to 20% market adjustments. Right. Um, we're not talking 5 6%. Right. Um, so they bought at the high, right? I mean, it's all about timing. So mm -hmm. I just happened to meet a client the other day looking to sell, and uh, they bought in 2015. Probably one of the worst meetings you want to walk into, right? right? Because they bought at the high, and that's not where you are. And you've got to have that, that very serious, hard discussion with them but the truth of the matter is when you communicate it you have to find out what is their reason for doing this right. if there's no sense of like it's a timing issue mm -hmm. then we can maybe possibly wait it out mm -hmm. but if you need to do something more immediate this is the reality you're in and quite frankly, what we do is we bring in some additional benefits, staging the place, um, refining yeah. things, doing incredible marketing campaigns on a digital level, on print, whatever it may be, to give it a, you know, a really widespread cast, a huge net. And those have produced success for us, mm -hmm. but the timelines are longer. And right. that's where people get impatient. Okay. So you've got to be taught, you've got to be, you got to be sensitive with us that timing is your friend here right. and you just got to play right and play the right number. I think buyers expect the world, John. 
Well, I do, and I think but they you know, always did. <laughs> I know. That's true. But you know, Tom, you mentioned something earlier, which your numbers are no secret, and right. that that's true. A lot of the published numbers, the sales prices, they're no secret. They're out there, public registry. Yeah. You can you can anybody can pull them. But the problem is that there are some numbers that are not necessarily secret, but they're extremely opaque. The yes. new development that market, would be new development. The new development is really opaque. We don't really know what the inventory is. We don't know what the discounts are. We don't know what amenities can be thrown in. You know, concessions, things like that. So I'm curious if you could touch on that a little bit. The other one I wanted to ask you is. You mentioned walking into a difficult conversation, and I, after you're done with enlightening us on the new development front, I'd love for you to talk to talk to us about how you have difficult conversations with with clients and how you sort of work up to that in your sure. career because that can be a frightening thing. Well, you know, when you look at the new development on that segment of what you're asking, um, there's the competition is is really fierce out there right now, and you see these buildings going up, and they're not even completed yet, and that means how many new thousands of properties or, or, or units are we bringing onto the market with already the absorption rate being very difficult. So at the end of the day, what you're looking at here is don't don't leave anything. Um, if I can recommend, don't leave anything um, off the table. I would bring up every point to a developer on what they can do to enhance that transaction mm -hmm. without damaging the value of the price. And believe me, those givebacks can be as strong as 20% or greater. Wow. That's so that's 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 yeah. really that's really key. Yeah. Now, you know, they're protecting again the the published or recorded price yep. transaction, that's to, that's, that's to an advantage mm -hmm. um, for those that are in the building and going forward that would be looking to, at some later time, exit the building. But I will tell you, times make the moment. So knowing that right now, it is a buyer's market, especially in that segment, do not, as I said, do not leave anything unaddressed. I think it's all negotiable. Yeah, and I mean, look, in terms of new development, <sighs> Everyone's waiting for the whole wave of bankruptcies and 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 things that crazy news and headlines for the domino effect. It's not going to happen. What if it doesn't happen? It's not. You, you know, know, I mean, what? like what? I mean, they, first off, sponsors. Hold that thought. Sponsors can just hold inventory. They can they can they can convert equity into you know, with their with their backers. They can turn rental if they wanted to. They exactly. could slow the bleed as much as they wanted to. So I think that whole expectations. I was like, wait a second, this downside. Where's where's the destruction? Where's that that falling off a cliff point? May not happen. Well, I think a lot of people read, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Tom. I, I feel like there's a lot of media articles about the overhang in new development inventory, and right. that we're facing, say, six to seven years of of onslaught of inventory to finally to finally clear this thing. Yeah. And I think that's pulling a keeping people from pulling the trigger, but I think a lot of people are realizing, actually this is a great time to pull the trigger because as you said, the discounts you. are deep. They yeah. are, and you know, you have to keep in mind this, um, the, the markets will all recycle back, right? So we may not be appealing to an international or mm -hmm. overseas buyer pool right now, but that is only for the moment. Yeah. You know, so that is not policies can policies can change. The dollar, do. the currency and values can change. Right. Well, the yeah. currency play, I mean, the capital control play. That's all. That all hits the new development market. And you have to keep in mind when you look at New York as uh, the new development segment, you're looking at major developers here. So you look at someone like Extel. Yeah. You know, they just refinanced a, a huge chunk of their portfolio yeah. on their development. So you know what? They're here. Five years is not on the horizon. That would not be anything that they couldn't sustain. Yeah. And so you know things. You know, when you look at that level of Right. who's building these towers, mm -hmm. um, do keep in mind that uh, it's pretty, it's stable. So let me get back to the second part of my other question, which is ripping off the Band-Aid and having <laughs> those difficult conversations. I, I'd love to, if, if you could tell, there are a lot of new agents out there listening that sure. are Look, worried about telling people bad news. Listen, the one, you know, this is my feeling in any marketing environment, right? Um, 
the, the successful agents in any environment, whether it be a bull market, a bear market, whatever it may be, have the upfront discussions with the things that the lesser, so to speak, experienced brokers may not know how to approach. But I will tell you this, find your ways, find your words, have those discussions up front, you'll have success in the back end. Yeah. If you don't have them up front on what's going on in the markets and why they should be positioned in a certain way, then I will tell you, you're actually just giving away your hourly rate because nothing's going to happen transactionally. And we're transactionally driven, right? So yeah. the real difference between success and mediocrity or failure in the industry is literally coming up in the beginning with what is the reality of where we're at, what can be done in that in a level of production, and then a final execution. Yeah. And most people want to avoid those discussions. They want to try to please yeah. the public right. as opposed to advise. Tell them what they want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what they want to And do. we're advisories. Yeah. You know, the, we're in an advisory business. So anybody who's really worth their, their salt in this, yeah. um, and we can get into that whole issue too, um, at the end of the day, um, uh, more importantly, um, as I say, you know, let's, let's let me only advise anybody, go out there, know your numbers, know your, your market plan, be strong, mm -hmm. be convincing, you'll win. And if I was a seller and I had one agent come in and present me their thoughts and were strong about it, strong-willed, there were confidence in it, and then I had another person just kind of showing me stuff that looked a little more fluffy, I gotta be honest with you, and I think a lot of sellers feel this way, they'll see right through it. They will, see, they will see that you're appeasing them. I mean, I don't know. I mean, are they really falling for that They're not anymore? anymore. I mean, that's, that's the point. I mean, I never understood people that did fall for that. It's like, oh, your place is worth one and a half million, but you got some guy that's saying it's worth $2 million because right. he has investors overseas and he's waiting and he's only going to show them if you sign that 180-day exclusive agreement yep. with me, then I'll tap you into my little black book of, of who's going to overpay for your apartment, which of course never happens. I can't believe people fall for that kind of stuff anymore. You know what, Noah? I don't think they do anymore. I think everybody's gotten a lot more sophisticated and a lot a lot of it has to do with great companies like yourself yeah. who are out there who provide a lot of information for folks mm -hmm. that historically 10 years ago did not have. That's urbandigs.com, everybody. <laughs> that's transparency, people. And transparency no is good. Noah and yeah. John, the two principals, they're amazing guys, everybody. Oh, thank you, son. We'll pay you after this. <laughs> well, I, here's a question for you. Um, the pricing conversation, how relevant is it today versus five years ago? I'm just curious, like what, in the listing pitch conversation, what's the most important piece today? And what was it, because I, mean, I imagine it shifts from time to time. In 2015, it may have been marketing. I think today it's not just about the number, it's about what you're gonna do in order just to secure a deal. Um, how are you gonna optimize their property to really bring the highest dollars you can in a more uh, in a buyer's market. Um, and that resonates with, okay, you're in this beyond being transactional driven, you are in it to win it. And the difference is, is staging. Um, we have Compass Concierge, we have, which is a product that allows us to literally rebuild a property if we have to um, on Compass's dime until the closing. So, I mean, these are reasons that I converted over to Compass um, as a broker's firm because there's so many tools here that we really need to provide today with, with, the, with the buying public mm -hmm. um, or the selling public, whoever you want to look at it. And the more you can do to enhance a property, not only from its marketing perspective, but its overall um, market position in strengthening it, the bigger the dollars you get. You have to keep in mind, most people don't have imagination. 
So you've got to present it, and then right. you've got to deliver reality. And so there can't be a disconnect. Yeah. And when you can pull all that together, the numbers follow. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm surprised other firms didn't follow through, at least a couple of the top three. I, I thought it would be kind of like the whole um, uh, zero commission trading thing that happened, and, and one one trading company stopped uh, charging for commissions, and then the rest of them just followed suit within you know a long time. A little, little tougher in this town yeah. for one reason. We right. we have a lot of the products are still co-ops, mm -hmm. so you need to have uh, you need to be able True. to have a package who can get in where and how that works. Yeah. So you know you bring in somebody with a with a very low commission structure, you you. No disrespect, but the old adage you right. get you get what you pay for. Can I just talk about co-ops quickly? Are they still sure. are they still as strict as ever, or are they you seeing a little bit of change? I think the... you're definitely seeing a change and shift in their mentality on the landscape because they have to. Right. Um, they have to for a lot of reasons, and that is just to be relevant in a market that the consumers changed. Yeah. Right. right? Um, people are more savvy. If you get into tax laws, you know, people uh, co-ops years ago just didn't want to do anything with trusts or LLCs. Um, they're still a little more skittish on the co-op side with LLCs, mm -hmm. but they're much more receptive to um, trust. Right. And you know what? People today want to be able to you know, put structures together on their real estate. Right. Um, look, it's a lot less liquid a, 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 an investment, yep. but they want to do it smartly. Right, and they right. want to have be able to have transference with that without right. a lot of tax burdens. So, you know, yeah. co-ops, the smarter co-ops that I'm dealing with, and they don't have to be Fifth Avenue or Park Avenue to be smarter. It's the board. Mm -hmm. You know, it's them being, you know, top of their top of their performance and thinking where the markets are going. Right. The ones that have adjusted to this, John, to mm -hmm. know they are doing well. Right. They are still very much appealing to the consumer. And their price per square foot, if you can go by square footage, because right, right. you really go by shares, right? right? It's a different kind of whole product um, in terms of purchase. But at the end of the day, the value add is with them. Very interesting. Listen, we're getting towards the end here, so we have to cut down to the last couple of questions. Sure, this sure. is awesome stuff. Um, 2020 and beyond. Let's, let's go into a little prediction mode over here. We never really do this. Um, do you, what do you see, Tom, um, in the next near term? I don't want to go too far out, but in the near term. I'll tell you this, gentlemen. I've always tried to be a realistic but a broker out there. Um, I've lived through Many markets, 08 was probably one of the most frightening I've ever could mm -hmm. um, try to navigate through. Yeah. Um, but it was, we knew what we were playing with. Um, when you look at what happened in the past couple of years in the markets and all these declines, interest rates are low. Um, Wall Street's doing great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, globally, yes, politically, we've got a little bit of a, a disconnect and a lot of concerns there. But at the end of the day, if you look at just the traditional, the traditional um, benchmarks for this, real estate should be up in New York. Right. It shouldn't be on a decline. And right. it's been on a steady decline since 15. Yeah. So what I'm looking at is I think we've hit the, I think we've hit the ground here right. now. I think we've hit the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I think from this point on, mm -hmm. where we're looking at going is everybody adjusting to where we are and realizing opportunity is there. Mm -hmm. Interest rates are low. Markets are strong. Um, you know, now prices are there to indicate that right. value adds are there. Right. And I think if you buy now, you will not regret in five years that position. Right, and I, and I, and I think the hit happened, John. I mean, I, I think I kind of agree with you. I think we're kind of bouncing along the bottom over here. And I think, look, if there's policy changes, if they, if they ramp back those rent regulations, and the townhouse, the multifamily market, and, and, and other markets start to come back a little bit. The luxury sector starts bouncing a little bit. Don't forget, the luxury sector started all this. That's right. We started in late 2014. Yeah. They got hit the hardest, yeah. and they're probably down 20 to 40 yeah. percent. depending Depending on where you where are in super exactly luxury, right. they could be the first ones to kind of come back around. So this has been great. Thank you for the time. This is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We are Talk Manhattan. Tom, thank you so much for coming here. My the pleasure, guys. At Thank Tompas, you. and we'll catch you next time.
Thanks, guys.